Hello and welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 25. I'm your host, Sal Katar, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How you doing, Nihal? Uh, I'm doing very well. It was a great weekend of soccer, especially the MLS playoffs. They were awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really, really excited to talk about it. Yeah. Before we get into things, why don't we talk about the amazing sports apparel brand named Ambitious Strike? Yeah, if you want a sweet soccer t-shirt um, or soccer-related t-shirt, uh, go check out AmbitiousStrike.com, A-M-B-I-T-O-U-S-S-T-R-Y-K.com. Go check them out and use the promo code BROTHERS for a 15% off discount on your entire purchase. Uh, they're a great company. They have some great shirts. And also some other exciting news, uh, we are working with them to uh, have our own t-shirt, a Soccer Brothers t-shirt. Um, so hopefully we will have that in the next month, uh, within the next month, and it's going to be awesome. I'm very excited to have our own t-shirt. Yep, so am I. All right, well, why don't we talk about first the coaching change for former U.S. Men's National Team coach Bob Bradley. Yeah, um, Bob Bradley is going to French club Le Havre. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, you know, Sahel, you always, you always make fun of me for bringing French into this, but you know, this is real this time. Is it really? Yeah, I know, I know. No, no, no. Yeah, you're fine. I didn't say anything. Well, I know, I know. I, I just could, I could, I could feel your judgment through the screen. And I, I don't even have video on, folks. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Bob Bradley is going to, yeah, to let, let off in League Two. They're in fourth place, so they're on the cusp of for more, uh, of promotion. So it's a, it's a, and of course the Norwegian season's over. He did. Bob Bradley did great things. Uh, at Stabæk, uh, you know, one of the smallest, if not the smallest, budget in the league. They finished third this year, um, so they're in the Europa League qualifiers, which is a huge, huge achievement for them. Um, and I believe he was coach of the year. I'm not sure about that, um, uh, but he, you know, he did great things there. And now he's going to a club that he can hopefully bring into League A. And if he does, that'll be that's that'll be fantastic. So uh, it'll be fantastic for the for American coaches everywhere and their pedis- pedigree in uh, world football. Yeah, definitely. Uh, more coaching news in terms of the U.S. David Wagner, former uh, U.S. men's national team player, is going on to coach Huddersfield in the championship. Yeah, David Wagner. Uh, he's made he made eight appearances for the U.S. national team. He's a German American, uh, and he's going to Huddersfield Town. Um, so I mean, that's that's a that's a big move. He was. Uh, Originally at uh, Borussia Dortmund 2 before this, he was there for four years. Uh, he's, he had a great playing career. He played at, um, for Ma- he had 94 appearances for Mainz. Uh, he played for Schalke uh, and some other Bundesliga clubs. So, um, you know, it's, a, it's another great move uh, for, an Ameri- for an American. And they're in the championship, so that's, that's another second, um, second division club that an American manager is at. And... Uh, uh, I, I don't think they'll be. I mean, I don't think they'll be promoted. But uh, there is a young American there, D- Dwayne Holmes. So I mean, he, he'll be able to work with him. Um, of course, he worked at Borussia Dortmund too with Kristen Pulisic and Junior Flores and Joe Zhao. Um, so uh, hopefully, uh, what I'm really hoping for is that th- these coaches bring over American players from MLS. That would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 great news for, for it's a great week for American coaches. Yep. Well, uh, it wasn't a good week uh, last week, I think, for Jason Kreiss, who got fired from NYCFC. Uh, Patrick Vieira, his replacement, uh, what do you know about him? Well, I mean, <laughs> what do I know about him? Patrick Vieira is, is, <laughs> is a legend. He's a, the Arsenal legend. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's difficult because a lot of times uh, 
coaches, foreign coaches who aren't familiar with uh, MLS and, um, you know, how it works with the salary cap and with uh, uh, just just with, with the combine and the draft or whatever, it's, it's a difficult transition for them. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how, how Patrick Vieira uh, does. You know, he's going to have this offseason um, – to work with the team. He, he's worked with the Manchester City youth for, for a few years. He worked with the Manchester City reserves for the past uh, three years. So, um, you know, he has experience as a manager, but that's, it's a totally different ball game to be coaching reserve players and to be, to be coaching professional footballers. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it works out. I, I, you know how I feel about Jason Christ. I think he's a great manager, uh, and I, I think it was an absolute mistake firing him. And as I was saying last time, um, I, I think it's it's really difficult in MLS for, for for a coaching change to have that profound of an impact uh, like this. Uh, if you uh, a coaching change like this to have that profound of an impact on a team, because you know, bar like two or three players, you're going to have the same roster. There's just not that much movement in the league. And you know, I really think that Jason Christ, having been co- having coached these players for a year. Um, he, he, he really could have done good things with the team, especially since he got Lampard and Pirlo in the middle of the year. It was a huge shakeup with the team, and uh, I thought he handled um, you know the midfield very well. Uh, with uh, Pir- yeah, Obviously, Pirlo is there and Lampard are there, but also Mixed Discrude and Poku and Andrew Jacobson. I mean, he did a good job of handling all of that, um, and you know, he, he's, he's one of the best coaches in MLS history, so uh, he'll land on his feet. Patrick Vieira, we'll see how it goes, uh, you know, <clears throat> Rude Hullet at LA Galaxy was an absolute failure. It's kind of like that, you know. He didn't have to. He didn't know he had to go to the combine. Uh, like, just, just imagine, imagine Patrick Vieira at the MLS combine. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Uh, yeah. But you know, it, he he he's familiar with the Manchester City uh, setup. He's obviously has a good rapport with the higher ups at Manchester City. So, yeah. Uh, We'll see how it goes. I, I'm not going to say it's a bad move now. I think, I think getting rid of Jason Christ was a bad move, but uh, I, I don't necessarily know if this was a bad move. So, all right, moving on. I think you've always said that Dylan Powers kind of uh, was best suited towards a European style game, right? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think I think he's suited for any type of game because he can be a creative player. He's a two way player, but he's also very physical. So right. he can play the six, eight, or the ten. Um, so, yeah. Are you going to say yeah, why? Anyways, uh, say <laughs> why? He's on a trial at Reading uh, yeah. in the championship. Yeah, he's on a trial at Reading, who who also are a club that are looking for promotion. Uh, they have a very, very good side. They obviously have the other American, Danny Williams, who would be in direct competition with him at that number six role. They have some other nice pieces like Lucas Piazon uh, on loan from Chelsea and some other players who the names are eluding me. Um, but they have a nice roster there. Um, and they're, they're doing good things. So if Dylan Power can secure, uh, can, can secure, excuse me, can secure a place on Reading's roster, it'll be great. And he does have a European passport. I, I believe he has an Italian passport. Uh, so the work permit won't be an issue. Uh, he he doesn't have to appeal or anything. He can just go directly into the side. Uh, so. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good to at least get a trial. Obviously, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Graham Zuzzi had a trial at West Ham a couple of years ago. Um, uh, Omar Gonzalez had a uh, trial at Nuremberg. Unfortunately, Timmy Chandler tore his ACL on the first day of training. Uh, but, 
you know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it's good. It's good to have that experience. I think Brett Shea was on trial at Arsenal, so <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll all hope for the best for him at Reading. Uh, moving on, Nigeria won the U17 World Cup second in a row. Yeah, second in a row. They beat Mali two nothing. It's their third under-17 World Cup in the last five tries, and the fifth overall. They absolutely dominate at this level, but it doesn't seem to translate to the senior team. They're not even in the top ten in terms of FIFA rankings in Africa. Uh, of course, you know, we all know they're better than that. They are a World Cup team. Um, so uh, it's, 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 it's hard to bridge that gap. Um, and, yeah, there's a lack of coaching on the senior level, a lack of good coaching. Um, and they seem to be doing something right at the under-17 level. They know how to play. Um, uh, they know how to play that at the level. They have good continuity. And it's difficult to get players um, from that point to develop and to, you know, top European clubs. Obviously, there are some good Nigerian players out there. Uh, Peter Odomwingi, uh, Victor Moses, uh, John Obi Mikel. Uh, you know, the, we, we've seen a good share of them, but... but uh, they, they don't seem to be getting as many of the top players as they would like to have um, in terms of these results. Uh, but Nigeria, along with Mexico, always do very, very well at the youth level and Ghana. So, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to translate. And, of course, Nigeria was in the group with the U.S. Uh, we already lost to them 2 nothing. so I don't know. Yeah. We're good as the runners-up, I guess. <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's what people were saying about when the U.S. lost to Germany in yeah, the World Cup. And then Brazil. But then Brazil, yeah. yeah. Oh, 7 1. All right, moving on. David Moyes was fired from Real Sociedad in La Liga. Yeah, and, you know, I want to I tell you something David Moyes said in 2011. He said something along the lines of people who leave Everton tend not to do very well after they leave. And that's certainly the case for David Moyes. Uh, I mean, I think he's a good manager. Um, I mean, real, unfortunately, he got, Wayne fi- Rooney. he got fired by Real Sociedad. Wayne Rooney. Okay. Yeah, I know. Obviously, you can move up from Everton. <laughs> okay, what about Marilyn Fellaini, Jack Rodwell, David Moyes? I mean, Fel- well, I mean Fellaini's had some bright spots. Yeah. He's had some goals. Yeah. Well, okay, whatever. I mean, my point is, I, I, think, I think he will... He'll, I think he'll find a job in the Premier League again, or at least in the... Um, at least in the championship. I think he'll be back in England this year. Uh, but uh, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate for him. I think he's a good manager. All right. Uh, some unfortunate news for West Ham of the Premier League. Paillet is out for four months with an ankle injury. Yeah, Diego Paillet might have been the buy of the summer in the Premier League. Um, so it, it's a very, very unfortunate. James McCarthy with an, with an absolutely horrible, horrible two-footed scissor tackle on Pae, and there's really no place for that in the game. It should be outlawed. It is outlawed, actually. Uh, but James McCarthy only got a yellow card. Probably should have been sent off. We saw the same thing um, with Everton uh, a few weeks, about a month ago, against Tottenham when where, when Eric Dyer went in on, on Tom Cleverley. And it, I mean, there's just it, it usually always ends in an injury. It's just, it, it has no place in the game. Um, and it's really, really unfortunate because Pae was lighting up the Premier League. He was playing absolutely phenomenal, and it's just very, very unfortunate. And it's and it's bad. It's bad for it's bad for West Ham, and it's bad for the Premier League. And yeah, he created forty six chances in twelve matches, which is which is incredible. And uh, it's a really big blow for for West Ham, who who are who are competing for a top four place. And it's really 
really sad. Yeah. You actually, didn't you call a success? I remember the Premier League preview. Maybe you did this, maybe you didn't. Uh, did you have him for the assist leader? Did I? I don't remember. Uh, we'll, maybe, maybe I'm thinking. We'll have to, we'll, yeah, we'll have to, know. we'll have to go back and yeah, look at that. Definitely. I think I had Hazard, so I'm probably off. <laughs> um, all right. So more unfortunate injury news. Sergio Ramos uh, is injured. He's going to miss Spain's international break games uh, after he actually scored a goal yeah. against the match against Sevilla, well, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the match later, but he, he, was, he scored an overhead kick, or a scissor kick, excuse me. Um, yeah, and it, yeah, it was a fantastic goal. Uh, unfortunately, he got injured on the play, so um, hopefully he's back and fully fit uh, by the time the international break is over. Yeah, so uh, apparently he should be fit for El, Plasi- or El Clasico, excuse me. Uh, and, you know, if, if he's even remotely fit, you know there's no chance that he's mis- missing that. So, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, so we're finally going to get to the main news, which is the MLS uh, games that happen, the MLS quarterfinals or the conference semifinals. So uh, we have the second legs of a lot of games. Uh, let's go through them one at a time. So uh, on November 8th, Sunday, at 3 p.m., we saw the Red Bulls take on D.C. United at home, beat them 1-0, uh, 2-0 on aggregate, brought them to the next round. Yeah, it was an ugly, ugly match between the Red Bulls and uh, and D.C. United. United. Yeah, and I mean, I, I have to say, Bill Hamid is amazing. I mean, he's hands down the best goalkeeper in MLS right now. I think he's way better than Nick Romando, and... Uh, I, I would not be surprised if he's in Europe in January. Uh, that being said, it was an ugly match. Not a whole lot went on. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips scored in the 92nd minute um, and was able to, you know, to secure the win. Uh, they, they already had the away goal going for them. Uh, they had 18 shots to uh, DC's 10, uh, and they had 62% possession to DC's 30, the 38. Um, so uh, New York dominated the match, and they, they're looking really, really tough to beat. Um, of course, they lost a Paranel in defense next to Miazga. Uh, he got injured uh, in the last game against D.C. in the first leg, um, which is unfortunate. And, uh, I mean, if I think Columbus can exploit that weakness there. Um, but that being said, they, they, they're just playing so well. They, they're so deep. Uh, they have... Some, they, they don't have a star, but Sasha Kledgston, Lloyd Sam, Dax McCarty, these guys are playing some incredible soccer right now. Um, yeah. And uh, they, they, you know, they really have a shot to go all the way. Mm-hmm. All right. Our next game probably, yeah, well, close, but one of the most exciting games with Columbus beating Montreal 3-1 to after extra time, 4-3 to on aggregate. Kai Kamara scoring the winner. Yeah, I mean, this was a fantastic, fantastic match of soccer to watch. Um, Kai Kamara scored early on in the fourth minute, had another chance just a couple mi- minutes later off the crossbar, and in the first 20 minutes or so, it was all Columbus. They were going right at uh, Montreal, and then all of a sudden, Montreal, you know, they absorbed the pressure, uh, they didn't concede any more goals, and they were starting to go forward. Montreal, of course, won the first leg 2-1, to one. Um, so uh, Columbus only needed a 1-0 win to advance. Um but you know, once once you can once they conceded, um, once they conceded, at you know once the away team concedes after they were up two to one, there's really no point in not attacking because even if they concede one more, if you score one more goal, you're going to extra time. You know, so it's uh, 
the away goals, we, we talked about this, the away goals rule is absurd, but um, yeah, so they absorbed the pressure, they went on the attack, and then Dilly Duca was able to score an offside goal, he was offside in the 40th minute, uh, but Montreal had a plenty of chances um, at, at the end of the first half. And then there was more back and forth in the second half. Uh, both teams looked like they were going to score. And then Ethan Finley scores in the 77th minute to make it 2-1 to one for Columbus. Um, get that man on the national team. Um, he was also offside, though. So there were two offside goals. Um, so I guess they kind of balance out. Although, if they obviously, if they both didn't stand, then Columbus would have gone through on away goals anyway. But then we went to extra time. Kai Kamara scores in the 111th minute. A great, a fantastic ball from Cedric and Boati. Uh, off the left-hand side. And, you know, Taylor Twelman hit it right on the head. Uh, I think early on in the match, um, not early on in the match, uh, in the second half, um, uh, Montreal subbed off the interim head coach, um, I, I Borello, I think. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Uh, but the Montreal head coach subbed off, um, I think, Patrice Bernier um, in favor of... Uh, Oh, no, sorry, Dilly Duca in favor of Hassoun uh, Kamara, which, you know, Kamara is a center back. Uh, he deployed him at right back and pushed Ayango to right mid, and that left a lot of space and um, for Cedric Mboati and Justin Miram when he was on when, when, uh, to, to exploit. And, uh, I mean, Kamara is not the paciest player in the world, and, you know, we saw plenty of times uh, Miram and Mboati uh, beat uh, Kamara for pace. There's one point that stands out to me where Mboati goes around him and then Kamara just has to grab him and gets a yellow card. Um, but, uh, yeah, Taylor Twelman was talking about that, how it was just not a good substitution for Montreal because, uh, you know, it, it was a defensive change, but really it, it left... Um, it left Montreal kind of vulnerable, but it was a great run for Montreal. Um, they're doing they're doing really well. Uh, you know, they have a great fan base, and you know that 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 rivalry between Montreal and Toronto is going to be fun to watch develop. And they have some really nice players. Ambroise Yongo is a Cameroonian national team player. Laurent Simon plays for the Belgian national team, and then they have all these other players like Patrice Bernier, who, Bernier who's played in the Bundesliga. Um, Ignacio Piatti and Drogba, of course, and then Donadel. Donadel, uh, um, you know, it, it's hard. People don't remember that this guy, this guy has a lot of experience, and he's one of the best role players and one of the best number sixes in MLS. Um, I mean, he has he has over he had a, over 180 appearances for Fiorentina, uh, and he's played for Milan. He's played for Napoli. He has over 200 appearances um, in 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 Serie A. Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't have any senior national team appearances, but still, I mean, he's he's just a great player. He's fun to watch, uh, and they can, you know, they, they'll be able to do well uh, going forward. As far as Columbus, yeah. they have a great chance to uh, make it back um, to an MLS Cup final. Uh, it was it's their first time winning an ML uh, a playoff series since 2008 when they won MLS Cup. Um, so it's good for them to get that out of the way, and they have a really nice team. So they're a very, very exciting team to watch, a very attacking team, especially with their fullbacks and Harrison Offal and uh, Waylon Francis. And Michael Parkhurst is just a rock in defense, um, and he, I thought he was great in this match. And then Steve Clark's probably the most underrated goalkeeper in MLS. I think he's a top three keeper right behind uh, Hamid and Romando, and then you know Clark and Ousted of Vancouver are up there. Um, so, uh, yeah, good win for Columbus. Uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, Kai Kamara, uh, I didn't mention it, but Kai Kamara missed the penalty, actually, uh, in the second half. Um, he was able to bounce back from that, 
he, he missed it before Ethan Finley scored. Um, he was able to bounce back from that and score a goal in extra time. So, uh, uh, great win. And um, I'm actually probably heading to the match uh, against New York in two weeks' time with some friends. So, I'm re- very, very excited for that. Yeah, maybe I'll, yeah, maybe maybe I'll try to get a media pass. <laughs> should, should I apply? Yeah. Should I apply for one? <laughs> yes, <laughs> if you can. Um, but before we uh, get past Montreal, because I mean, probably not going to talk about them anymore. Um, do you think that Drogba can sustain this kind of goal scoring record next year, especially considering um, you know he's getting older and they're in age, and you know we've, we've seen players, all these older players who have had their best season in their first season. Yeah, I think, yeah, but more often than not, uh, players have built built from their first season and have gotten much better. Right, right. Um, yeah, true. And, uh, you know, I, I think he can. I think he'll succeed. I think the team is set up around him uh, with Dilly Duca uh, and Piatti on the wings to, to really, really just give D.A. Drogba service. Even their midfielders, uh, Callum Malice and Bernier uh, and Oyongo at right back. I mean, the... What those guys do is is they get service for Drogba, um, and he scored um, a, a, a crap ton of goals. I think twelve goals uh, this year and eleven of starts, which is insane. Um, and uh, I think he'll continue. And you know he was a little bit injured in this match. He he his presence was not felt. Uh, he picked up an injury early on, and he wasn't moving very much. So I think that had a big part to play in this match, uh, and it, it it was very beneficial for Columbus. Right. All right, let's move on to the uh, the first Western Conference semifinal, which is FC Dallas taking on Seattle at home. Uh, Walker Zimmerman was the name that stood out to a lot of people as he did score a goal and scored the winning penalty to put FC Dallas pa- past Seattle on penalties. Yeah. Uh, 4-2. What happened? What happened to Seattle? I mean, what we saw la- I mean, what we saw last year... Are you talking year- about through the course of the season or just in this game? Just, just as a club. I mean, well, through- I mean, they did have some injury woes throughout the season. Uh, a lot of times, you know, they didn't have that consistent front line of Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey, and I think it showed towards the end of the season that they didn't have the chemistry that they used to have. Yeah, that's fair. And you know, obviously, they were uh, adding these people like Nelson Valdez and Andreas Ivanchitz to the fold, and m- maybe it was hard to integrate them into the team. But this this team used to be an attacking threat. They used to be a swift attacking team. Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey up top were unstoppable. They had this chemistry that um, was unmatched in MLS. Maybe since Donovan or like Donovan and Keane was another one. Um, but I mean, you look at this match. Uh, Dallas outshot Seattle twenty five to ten. Uh, I mean, they've just turned into a defensive team, a team that wants to hit on the counter. And you just have to wonder what happened to them. Uh, in this match, however, uh, uh, Tesho Akindele scored in the 84th minute, and it looked like Dallas would be throwing away goals. Chad Marshall then scores in the 90th minute, a nice header. Um, and then <laughs> you thought, well, for sure Seattle is, is through on a way, or is through on a 3-2 aggregate. And then Walker, Walker Zimmerman, as you said, scores in the 90th minute, 91st minute, uh, to make it 2-1 and send it to extra time. And then... Uh, and then um, FC Dallas was able to win in penalties 4-2. And the 20-year-old keeper for FC Dallas, uh, Jesse Gonzalez, uh, 
absolutely great keeper. Uh, he's Mexican-American, has chosen to play for the uh, Mexican national team, unfortunately, uh, and I believe uh, represented them at the U-20 level at the World Cup. Um, but he's a great keeper, and he's one to watch, and hopefully one we can keep in MLS. It was good to see Tesho Akindele get back on the score sheet. Fabian Castillo's Fabian Castillo. And Kellen Acosta, man, um, uh, he's a great player in the midfield there, and I'm excited to see how he, among along with other defensive midfielders um, in the U.S. national team pool, are going to develop. He was played out of position at the U-20 World Cup. He played left back. Uh, didn't really suit him that well. He was red carded against Colombia, but he, you know, he's looking really good in that central midfield. Um, and you know, Dallas, Dallas, and just like New York, they're a team that with not a true superstar. Star. Of course, they have Fabian Castillo and Mara Diaz, um, who are as good as they come in MLS, but not a big name. Um, but you know, they're able to get it done. They absolutely dominated Seattle. They deserve the win, and you know, it's great for them to advance to the uh, Western Conference Finals, and I'm really excited to watch them play uh, the winner of the next match that we're going to talk about. Right. No, uh, I'm, I'm saying that like people don't know what happened. Like, this is the first time they're, <laughs> they're listening. Yeah. First, yeah, yeah. All right, but uh, at 10 on Sunday, uh, Vancouver and Portland, the second and third seeds, were going into... Uh, this Eastern Conference or Western Conference semifinal, it was 0-0 going in on aggregate. Portland ended up winning the game 0-2. Yeah, and early on in the match, uh, Vancouver had a lot of opportunities. Kakuta Mane hits the post, uh, but then Fernando Adiz lasers it into the top corner in the 31st minute, and then Diego Chara scores in the 94th minute. A pretty even match, but, um, you know, I always thought Portland was one to win this match. Um, uh, obviously, they have Diego Valeri, and they have Darlington Nagby, who... You know, so excited to see him on the national team, who's probably one of the best creators, if not the best creator in MLS. Um, and I'm so I'm so excited and happy for the Port- for Portland and their fans that they get to see their team in the Western Conference Finals. And it's not that long ago that this team was at the bottom of the Western Conference, at the bottom of MLS. Um, and it's just great to see them there. It's great for the league. And this rivalry between Vancouver and Portland, just like the rivalry between Toronto and Montreal, is one to watch for the next uh, next few years. And I think, um, you know, another team, all four teams in, in, in the in the in the conference finals, uh, are teams without big name players. You know, Jovinko's not there. Kaká's well, not there. David Villa's not there. Well, what? Well, I mean, I, I mean, if you're paying. Attention to MLS, and you know Kai Kamara. Okay, but right. I'm talking about I mean, like na- like like imports. Yeah, like yeah, like like money imports. Yeah, I, yeah. So so if if you know the TV companies, they can't market this as Joe Vinco, or they can't market it as Kaka. You know what I mean? Right. You might yeah. you, they, MLS might draw less of an international audience because Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard are in there. Um, not that that I mean not. Obviously, that's not a great thing, but I think for the league, it's awesome to see teams like this succeed, like Portland and Vancouver and Kansas and uh, New York. And we've seen it in the past with Real Salt Lake and um, uh, Kansas City. So, I mean, it, it's a formula that works in MLS, um, and it's 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 going to be great to see one of these four teams win their first title. Um, I, I think, yeah, no, it's not the first title. Columbus obviously, Columbus won a title, um, but the other three. Uh, it'll, it'll, obviously I want Columbus to win, but it, um, regardless, it'll be nice to see uh, one of these teams win a title. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so since we'll probably have an episode before the first leg uh, after this, 
Um, I'm just going to ask you for what your you think your ag- the aggregate score lines will be uh, in the Eastern and Western Conference semifinals. I think Portland's going to the aggregate score lines or final finals. Uh, yeah, I think Portland's going to beat uh, Dallas four to three, and I think uh, Columbus is going to beat New York three to two. That's what I'm going to say. Do you actually think Columbus is going to beat New York? Yeah, I think the loss of Paranel. I mean, we should preview it, it more next time. Um, yeah. But I think the loss of Paranel in defense is is going to really hurt. Um, is going to really hurt New York. And also, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see how Miazga does with the national team. If he plays a lot, that could come into a factor uh, or come into play. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I really do think that Columbus. Um, can exploit uh, New York's injured defense. And I think Parkhurst and Sauro uh, and Steve Clark can keep uh, Bradley Wright Phillips and Sasha Clutchison and company at bay. And as for Portland, um, uh, it's just a gut feeling for me. I think this is their run. I think this is their year. Darlington Nagby in central midfield is just playing so, so well. And um, I really think it's their year. They've just been playing some of the best soccer in MLS. So, uh, I mean, I won't be surprised if the results go the other way, of course. Um, but if that does happen, if it's Portland-Columbus, then MLS Cup will be in our backyard, Sahel, and we better go to it. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to predict it, I, I think I'd actually go with the two first seeds. You're going to go I with mean, Dallas? I mean, yeah, Dallas and New York, but okay, I, I'm rooting for Columbus, obviously, but I just think it's going to be Dallas for New York. All right. We'll, we'll preview it more on the next podcast. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. All right. Why don't we go to some of the big European matches that happened over the weekend? There's a lot of derbies. Let's go into the first one here. Arsenal tying Tottenham 1-1 at the Emirates. Yeah. Um, this was a. I mean, Tottenham played some some great soccer. It was it was you know they played some of the best soccer of the of the year. Uh, Harry Kane was able to score against uh, thirty uh, in the thirty second minute, um, and he, you know he's been so good against uh, Arsenal in the last two years. Um, and, you know, after a shaky start to the season, um, he's really, really playing well. Um, and then uh, Eric Lamela, who many Spurs fans um, wrote off as a bust, has been playing very, very well at the number 10 role. Um, so uh, it, it was – unfortunately, Tottenham weren't able to hold on. Uh, they did have plenty of chances. Um, Arsenal had other chances, too. Uh, Olivier Giroud missed a couple of great chances um, from point blank range, actually, but um, Gibbs was actually Gibbs was able to score in the seventy seventh minute to give uh, Arsenal a one one draw. Uh, so I think a good. I mean, beforehand, I'm sure Tottenham fans would have taken a one one draw at the Emirates. Um, so a good result for them against an Arsenal team who's uh, who's playing very well right now. Yeah. All right, and then another derby is Roma versus Lazio, which happened. Uh, Roma ended up beating Lazio 2-0. Yeah, um, I mean, this was this was a great match to watch. You're a Roma fan, so, I mean, it must have been... It was it was crazy. I, b- yeah, b- it's always crazy in these games. Yeah, both teams had lots of chances. Um, uh, how good of a player is Felipe Anderson? I know you're a Roma fan, but he is so good. That one chance that he, what, he hit right off the post from 30 yards out... Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. he megged a he Roma defender, and then he, he's just such an influential player. As is Keita on the other wing. Um, Lazio had a couple of chances that they were unlucky not to score. That being said, uh, Jekko had a couple of chances he usually bags. So uh, 
It was, it was an interesting yeah. match. Jekyll was able to score a penalty in the 10th minute. This was a really, really controversial. I think Jekyll was outside the box. I mean, he was outside the you box. Don't think, you don't think the contact kept on No, okay. Sahil, come inside. on. They made that rule. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, he, he was outside the box, and he started falling outside the box. The contact ended before he was in the box. Yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true. So, uh, I, I mean, it's a judgment call. It's up to the referee. Um, but I think I think it was a harsh penalty. I, I, it was a foul, and I think if he was clearly in the box, it would have been a penalty, but he was outside. Uh, but Jekyll was able to score it um, and go up one nothing. And then Trevino in the 63rd minute, what a pass by Raja Nangolin. I mean, an absolute beauty from about 10 yards in his own half over the top to Trevino. Trevino with a near-post finish. Trevino was great. And a player that uh, we thought was gone. We thought he was going to go to somewhere in the Middle East. And, uh, yeah, Al Jazeera. Yeah, Al Jazeera. And he, he, he's been playing fa- some fantastic soccer for Roma right now. And in this, yeah. in this match, some of the runs he made, um, I don't know if you remember, but he, like, he flicked it to himself on the left touchline oh, over there. Yes, and yeah. he, made that, uh, he made that great run. And I think he laid it off to Jekko, who wasn't able to finish. I mean, that was... Oh yeah, it, yeah. It was it was a bit of a poor pass. It was right behind him. Yeah, but but I mean, but it was a good, it was a very good run, yeah. very good touch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Mohamed Salah was a big injury that happened in this game. He's supposed to be out four to six weeks. Oh, that's right. That Barcelona game. Yeah. Yeah, that's and maybe even the last big Borussia Champions League game. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, Roma have um, have wingers. They have Iago Falque. Uh, Florenzi can play out there. They have a Terbe. None of them are as good as Salah, but. Uh, you know they have they have some wingers who will be able to replace him short term and a big big win for Roma they're now in third place only one point behind Fiorentina and Inter Milan both on twenty seven points um, and Roma's on twenty six points um, and there's a little bit of a gap between um, Roma and Napoli uh, and Sassuolo Sassuolo are in fifth place wow yeah yeah so it's always interesting towards the top five Serie A. yeah. All right, our next game is in Germany. Well, can I, ask you, can I ask you a question? Obviously, Juventus have picked it up. Do you think they're going to finish in the top three, ultimately? Top three? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Because even last week, it, it took them to it, it took them coming back from a goal down and winning 2-1. I don't... And in this game, too. I still don't think their defense is as solid as it was last year. I mean, you're talking about a team that, what... Well, conceded one goal to Real Madrid I, in the semifinal. I mean, that, they were defensively organized last year. Yeah. This year, they're just all over the place. Well, a big part of that's Vidal and his defensive work rate. So, uh, it's obviously a huge loss for them. Ever is a year older. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, was not playing. I, I, Danilo, uh, I, I don't know how he's playing. Not Danilo. Um, uh, Alex, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Alexandro, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I got them confused. I don't know how he's playing over there. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think Juventus. I think Roma are going to win the league. Um, I just don't see how Fiorentina are going to keep up this form. And yeah, I mean, some of their players have really been showing up. Particularly Kalinicic, he's been very good. Yeah, I'm very impressed with him. Yeah, Fiorentina, I mean, do they have the wherewithal to be able to play in the Europa League and play well and then also continue their form? And then Inter Milan, who are in second place, defensively, they've only given up seven goals, but they've only scored 12 in 12 matches. I mean, that's kind of worrisome. 
I yeah. mean, you look at the teams around them. Fiorentina have 24 goals. Roma have 27. Napoli have 22. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 an interesting race uh, at the top of the Yeah, definitely. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they picked that up. I mean, you've got proven goal scorers up front. I mean, Akardi did so well last yeah. year. Jovetic Akar- had good form in the beginning of the season. He yeah. can get back into it. I mean, Palacio and his rat tail. His pat, yeah. his Padawan. You always make a comment about that whenever we talk about. Politics. I don't. I don't think I do. I, I mean, like when we're watching him on TV, oh, like yeah, Argentina yeah. In the, at the World Cup. Um, all right. So why don't we go to our next game? Uh, wonderful atmosphere in Signal Iduna as uh, Borussia Dortmund beat Schalke three to two at home. Schalke was the fifth place. It was the fifth place team now, and Dortmund's second, just five points behind Bayern Munich. Yeah, uh, Dortmund are playing some 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 really good soccer. Um, Shinji Kago, Kago was able to score. Um, Abamyang, um, who's on a tear, uh, scored in the 48th minute to make it three to one. And then Huntelar for Schalke's had a brace in this match. Uh, always, a, always a good goal scorer for them. Um, but it, it, Dorman continues to show that you know they're no joke. Um, and I, it's, it's a shame they're not in the Champions League this year. I mean, yeah. I, I think they would be very exciting. Yeah, it is a shame. Um, but they'll, they'll probably be back next year. Um, and I don't know what other team is going to win the Europa League. Uh, I mean, obviously there's going to be teams in the Champions League coming down, maybe Arsenal. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And if it's not Arsenal, I mean, I think Olympiacos could maybe make it far just in that same group. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, you got, you got your Italian teams, Tottenham. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Europa League contenders. Yeah. All right. So. I, I mean, Dorman... The, yeah, that's I said that. Arsenal might drop down. Um, sorry, there's our directors in my ear talking about Barcelona. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, he wasn't listening because I said or not Barcelona. Arsenal. I said Arsenal. Um, but yeah, sorry, I said Barcelona because Dortmund have scored more goals than Barcelona and Madrid. Um, and then you know, Aubameyang, like I said, on a tear, he scored 14 goals in 12 appearances, and they're only five. They're only five behind Bayern. You said that. And, um, you know, it's possible <laughs> that they somehow no. would leak. You don't think so? I mean, let's just not. I mean, let's not. Well, how can you How can you just say that? Think about it. Because it's not going but, to happen. But, but, but Borussia Dortmund don't really have to take the Europa League that seriously. I mean, they can put all their eggs in one basket. I mean, it's true. I'm not saying the difference is that far in talent. I mean, I mean, I think in terms of depth, it certainly is. Marco, is it Marco, Marco Royce is injured right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so but I mean, still, I mean, you, you don't think that, I mean, I guess you're saying that the depth won't come into play because they won't take um, the Europa League seriously, but generally Dortmund tend to take Pokal seriously. Um, okay. I mean, that, I, but I, that's, I just don't think they'll do it. I mean, I'm just... Uh, yeah, I don't. Th- I, I don't think they'll ultimately do it either. I mean, Bayern Munich have scored thirty-seven goals and given up four. So yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I mean, I don't think they they will, but <laughs> I, I think. I mean, I'm glad they're making it interesting. I think it's possible. I really do. Uh, no, I mean, the Bundesliga doesn't have to be close in the top first and second for it to be exciting. I mean, you know, no. there's plenty of other things to watch. For. And this is not an indication that it's a bad league. I'm tired of hearing that because, uh, I mean. The top teams in the Bundesliga are way better than the top teams in England, except maybe Manchester City. But, um, I mean, I really think that. 
But, I mean, yeah. Hertha Berlin's in fourth place. That's exciting. Yeah. John Brooks. He just he just, went, yeah, he just went back into the starting lineup, so good for him. Collins, the U23 roster, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a bit. All right. Uh, and then we'll, let's go over to La Liga, where we saw an upset with Sevilla beating Real Madrid 3-2 to two at home. Uh, yeah. Sevilla... I mean, Real Madrid, obviously Sergio Ramos uh, got injured early on in this match. Um, so, uh, you know, that was that was difficult for them. He had to be subbed off. But he scored, like I said, that absolutely incredible overhead kick. Um, so that was that was great. But Sevilla, you know, they, they really deserve to they really deserve to win this match. Uh, they had 11 shots to Real Madrid's five. Um, they uh, and Real Madrid had zero count like real counterattacks in this match, uh, which is really not... I mean, they're known for their counterattacking style. Um, but uh, Sevilla, they defended well uh, in the attack. They, they played well. They outpossessed Real Madrid, um, and they scored. Uh, uh, you know, Immobile and Llorente are playing well for them. They scored some two nice goals. Um, uh, James Rodriguez was able to score a consolation, a very nice consolation goal in the 90th minute. Um, so... You know, it, it was an upset, um, but Sevilla is a good team. This is a team that's that won the Europa League twice in a row, so um, they're they're a very good side. Uh, it's not all that surprising, um, but you know, yeah. so, uh, what is surprising is that they're in tenth place. Uh, Sevilla is, um, but a big match in the, in the scheme of things in in La Liga because now Real Madrid uh, falls three points behind Barcelona. So, yeah, unfortunate for them. All right, why don't we go over to the U.S. men's national team where the roster, was released for, the roster was released for the upcoming World Cup qualifier matches on November 13th and November 17th against the St. Vincent and the Grenadines and Trinidad and Tobago. All right, so the big thing, the big omission that Trinidad and Tobago. is Clint Dempsey. Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad. Oh, okay. Uh, the big omission that everyone's been talking about. Wait, 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 wait. There are two islands. You can't just forget one island. <laughs> so you've never said Herzegovina? Huh? Or you ne- sorry, you never said Bosnia? You never left out Herzegovina? We're not talking about what I said. Uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Clint Dempsey, bag, big mistake from Klinsman or not? Knowing your opinions of Klinsman, this is probably a mistake. No. I don't think it's a mistake at all. Um, Clint Dempsey hasn't been playing that well in MLS. I think it's time to phase him out. I mean, he's still one of the best players in MLS. I would have liked to see him maybe off the bench. I think that would have been. Um, I think that would have been really good for the team um, because I mean we have found out that Josie Altidor and Clint Dempsey don't work well together, and it seems like Klinsman has chosen to go with with Josie. Um, but, you know, I think it would have been interesting to see Clint Dempsey start up top with Bobby Wood or Jordan Morris. Um, but, you know, I, I really don't think Clint Dempsey has played all that well in the last few months. At the Gold Cup, he scored a lot of goals, but he wasn't that influential in matches. He wasn't the Clint Dempsey that we saw at the 2010 World Cup or the 2014 World Cup. Um, and I think it might be the right decision because uh, we need to form a new identity. We need some more pace in the side. And I think, you know, if you stick Nagby right into that center attacking mid role, um, it could be really good for this team. Um, so, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Uh, I, 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 About the Clint Dempsey mission? Yeah, I think... I mean, I, I wasn't surprised that he was admitted. Were you surprised? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, I mean, he's in the off season. It's not like he has to prepare for the, the playoff game or anything. I mean, he's a proven goal scorer. I mean, I just we haven't had results recently to say that we can just like start taking these games not seriously, have we? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's. I don't know if we're saying we're not taking them seriously. I think it's it's a it's a sign of intent that we have to move on and change our style. And Clint Dempsey, he's not a number ten and he's not a number nine. I mean, where does he fit into this team? And with Clint, I mean, the, the thing is, okay, he doesn't. He, I agree with you. He doesn't always fit into the team, but doesn't it seem like even when he doesn't fit into the team, he still manages to score goals? Yeah, but we haven't been playing good soccer. And he's, he scored goals against uh, Haiti and Cuba. I mean, that's the teams we're playing, but those are the type of teams we're playing. But I, I think bringing in some of these other players is it will be good for the team. That being said, like I said, he, I really do think that he should be on the roster, that he should be a player that, that comes off the bench and can score a late goal. I mean, Clint Dempsey in the last 30 minutes is, is a scary pro- op- uh, proposition for the other team because, uh, like I said, I think Trinidad is a good enough team to beat us, especially at home. Um, so I, I think having Clint Dempsey there would be beneficial. I'm just saying the decision to move on from Clint Dempsey might be the right one because having him on the field has hindered Michael Bradley as well. And Michael Bradley is the guy who we know is going to be there, barring injury, at, at the 2018 World Cup. I mean, I just feel like... Like, if we're talking about this this new brand of soccer still, unless we've completely moved past it, I mean, I just don't think that Alan Gordon is really indicative of what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would 100% agree with that. And I think that's why Clint Dempsey would have been great off the bench. That being said... If we are down, or if it's 0-0 against St. Vincent and the Grenadines in the 85th minute, I mean, I think having Alan Gordon as an option off the bench might be that might not be a bad thing um, to get some headers into the box, or to get some crosses into the box. I think he's just there as an insurance policy. And, I th- and we haven't identified a, a goal scorer like that. Um, uh, we haven't identified a goal scorer. We don't have a goal scorer like that at a younger age. Uh, I would have liked to see Juan Agudelo maybe over adding Alan Gordon. Um, and, uh, I think that, um, you know, we're going to see, we're going to see, um, I don't think we're going to see him on the field, um, unless, you know, it's, it, we're in dire straits, uh, and, you know, maybe having a player like him working with Bobby Wood or Jordan Morris, um, will be, uh, you know, might, might be good. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, I agree with you. I, I don't think it makes much sense to have... Alan Gordon there instead of Clint Dempsey. I, I really don't get it. And it's not it's not like Clint Dempsey needs some rest for the playoff games because he's he's out. The Sounders are out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. So. All right, so what's your predicted back line versus St. Vincent? Wait, wait, wait. Let's talk more about the roster. Oh, yes, right, right. Okay, right. I mean. Uh, Darlington Nagby making his first, uh, probably going to make his first appearance for the U.S. national team. I know yeah. you've been very high on him. Oh, man. I mean, so. he, he can play. We need pace. We need creativity. And he gives us both. He can play on the wings. That's where he's made his where, where he's made his name. Um, and then recently he's been playing central midfielder. So he, he, if we decide to play with true wingers, he can play there. He can play as a number 10 for us. If, we get, if we're going to go with the diamond, uh, a, more centra, a more central formation, he can play as one of those center mids as well. So it's... Uh, um, 
I'm very, very excited to see him play. He along with uh, Matt Miazga, uh, these two, you know, it's very, very rare, especially for Klinsman, to give MLS players their first cap outside of January camp. And I think that's why we don't see players like Lecce and Ethan Finley, uh, who deserve to be there. Um, I mean, maybe Miazga's there because we want to cap tie him. Apparently Poland wants him. Um, but uh, I, I'm... Yeah, he, he did play on the Poland U18 team. Yeah, but he's in the U.S. pipeline, and I, I think it might be good. It is good to um, to cap tie him because he really is he really is the defender of the year in MLS, and he's twenty years old. And you know, apparently yeah. Chelsea Chelsea made a bid for him. Leicester wanted him. Chelsea. So I, I think um, I, I mean I'm sure he'll move to Europe if not in in, in the winter in uh, after the next MLS season or in the summer. Um, and I, I hope he starts. I really do. Maybe next to Jeff Cameron. And I think that'll be a good defense. Uh, Bill Hamid's another player I'm really, really excited to see. Uh, hopefully he gets a start. I think right now he's in better form than both Brad Guzan and Tim Howard. I really do. Um, and I think he should be the starter. Um, How did Howard play against West Ham? Uh, he was okay. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, I didn't catch the game, so. Uh, he, you know, it's just, it's not the same feeling. It's, it's, you know, you felt safe with him before. Now you feel like, right. now if he makes, like, a save he's supposed to make, you're happy, you know. You're, you're more happy than you should be. Um, but the other one I want to talk about is Miguel Ibarra. Uh, scoring goals in Liga MX and, and he's, you know, I, I, t- I told you, what, last, I think last week when we talked about him scoring goals, um, that, uh, you know, he's, he's, made, he's broken into Lyon's first team. Um, and he's worked very hard to get to that point, and he deserves a call-up. And look, he got one. And if you have a, uh, a front three behind the strikers um, of, you know, maybe Nagby, Zardes, and uh, Ibarra in some fashion behind Bobby Wood and um, uh, Jordan Morris, I mean, that's an exciting team. Uh, that's, a, that's a very, very exciting team. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and it, there's a lot of pace, a lot of creativity, and I think that's the type of team that we want to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so do you want to talk about uh, what back line you want to see? Because... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think... Um, Bobby well, Johnson's listed as a defender. Yeah. But you want to see him in the midfield, right? I want to see him in the midfield. Um, I think... Uh, I want to see him in the midfield, and I want to see DeAndre Edlin as a fullback. Especially since we brought in some of these other wingers, um, I really want to see uh, f- um, him him at right back, uh, and maybe Breck Shea at left back, and Miazga and Cameron in the middle. Um, that that would be my ideal lineup. Obviously, Beasley be- being there with Miazga or Cameron would be a good w- would be a good shout. Um, but um, so I, I think I think uh, that would be my ideal back line: Yedlin, Miazga, Cameron, and. Um, uh, what was the other one? Um, Brekshay. All right. I mean, there's really no other left backs. Maybe Tim Ream? Yeah. I, I mean, there's Tim Ream and, I mean, I guess I mean, Fabian, I, I mean, Fabian Johnson. Not yeah, I mean, Fabian fullback. Johnson will probably play fullback because, like I said, we do have some other attacking talent. But imagine, just imagine Ibarra, Nagby, and Fabian Johnson. I mean, Fabian Johnson scored in the Champions League recently from from midfield. He's an attacking player. So uh, that's definitely something I would like to see. 
All right, and then uh, you said up top. Who would you say up top? Um, I mean, I think Josie's going to play there. I'd like to see Jordan Morris. and If we play two strikers, I'd like to see Jordan Morris and Bobby Wood. Um, we'll probably see if we play two, Bobby Wood and Josie Outstore, or Josie Outstore by himself is what we'll probably see. All right, well, you can catch that game on November 13, 2015, 5.30 Central Time, 6.30 Eastern Time. Again, St. Vincent and the Grenadines on ESPN2. And then I think we'll have an episode after that uh, before the Trinidad and Tobago game. So uh, we can go over our first World Cup qualifier. Yep. All right. And then uh, you want to talk about the U23 roster? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we're going to go over the whole roster, but there's some interesting names in there. John Brooks is in there uh, for friendlies against Brazil in Brazil. Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers is there. Um, he's a, He's been a staple for the youth teams. Uh you know, goalkeepers, no Zach Steffen or Ethan Horvath. Um, and in the midfield, they have uh, Gideon Zalalem, which who I'm very excited to, to watch play. Uh, and Julian Green, um, who's, been, who's been scoring goals for uh, uh, Bayern Munich too, um, and apparently wants to recommend himself for the first team. So uh, that was his tweet. Um, so yeah, hopefully he can do that. But for now, uh, I think he's a good U23 option, um, and I'm excited to see them play on Wednesday. I just realized that Matt Polster was, I guess, born in Wisconsin he's, or he, Milwaukee. Yeah, he's a Milwaukeean. Oh wow! He's, he's so that makes me one of my favorite players now. <laughs> he's a great player. I mean, he's very versatile. He can play fullback or uh, central defensive midfielder, which is probably his best position. Um, but he's he's an exciting, very exciting prospect. All right, we said at the beginning of the show, we're going to say it again. Check out the amazing sports apparel brand named Ambitious Strike. You can check out their merchandise at ambitiousstrike.com. They got everything from women's tank tops to men's t-shirts. You can get 15% off on your entire purchase by using the code BROTHERS at checkout. Yep, use the, use the code BROTHERS. Uh, go check out Ambitious Strike. That's A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S-S-T-R-Y-K.com. Uh, the link is always in the description. Go check them out. All right, we have an email for this podcast. It's soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter. It's at soccerbrosspod. My brother's Twitter is at bigtimebrownie. Mine's at ASR underscore Sahel. Leave your review rating if you're on iTunes or leave a comment on, if you're on SoundCloud. Yep, uh, so this is our first episode with our director, Dinesh Raj, who's also our stat geek. It was interesting. How do you feel? Yeah. How do you feel, Sahel? How do I feel? <laughs> um, well, I mean... I, I mean, I guess I can see how hard it is sometimes for pundits and analysts if they're, like, people talking about it. Because, like, okay, because D barely did it today, but that's probably what's happening the whole time. No, no, like, it, when, it is. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but thank you to him. He provided us with some good facts, some of which I already knew, but it's okay. He, he, <laughs> he, he did a good job. Um, yeah, also... Um, <laughs> No, no. Before, before you, he's he's trying to plug his own Twitter. But before we before we reveal that, um, uh, we're also on Google Play now. Um, so uh, go check us All out right. there if you have an Android. Um, you can you can listen to it. You can get your Soccer Brothers fix. So. All right. I, D's Twitter is at Diraj Thfc. Yeah, Thfc meaning Tottenham Hotspur. Or you can just follow. You know the soccer bros pod. Yeah, okay. it's usually him <laughs> tweeting. He's also he's our social media intern. He he's had a meteoric rise within the soccer brothers ranks. I mean, yeah, he he, he was a, from intern to director. 
Yeah. Fantastic stuff. It's a, it's a re- Definitely. It's a rags to riches story. True. American dream. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay, we'll see you guys later. <laughs>